Hey, what's going on? Taha Maharuma here. First and foremost, I apologize. I apologize for taking so long to get this podcast back up and running. That is my bad. But at the same time, I had to reassess and see why I was doing it and and how I was going to do it going forward. And maybe I, you know, kind of rushed it a bit too much, even though I did enjoy talking to the people that I did. But um, I guess I put more pressure on myself um, than I thought I would. So sometimes you got to step back, reassess, and then uh, make decisions that feel right. So I'm back. Welcome to Season 2 of Street Soul Radio, Episode 1. tuning in if you have before and if you're new to it i appreciate you tuning in i feel refreshed and uh, i feel a little bit more relaxed with that said my guest today is tony gebra hewitt a toronto photographer um a mentor great guy personally i think he should have his own podcast he's got that soothing voice he's really intelligent and um, we talked about a whole bunch of things from his childhood his uh his first camera and he kind of actually got into photography quite late. So we kind of explore that. And then we talked about universal income. I was rambling with no facts. So uh, apologies on that in advance. But nonetheless, I'm just so happy to uh, be talking to people that I totally respect and share good conversations. So give it up for my first guest, Tony Gebra Hewitt. Let's go. Like, I just can't be so invested in it it's what, too what? it's like too heartbreaking for me <laughs> <laughs> it's heartbreaking you didn't even start yet <laughs> no i actually i did do it for a little while okay. i did it i think i took maybe like a, a year and a half off of uh what would you go by though oh man chi my name was chi, chi? i thought you were gonna add a z at the end nah. of hold on hold on hold on you're setting yourself up for failure no, stop this <laughs> Yo, what up, man? I'm Cheese. Um, yeah, this is my first. Uh, this is my first single. It's called Doo Doo. <laughs> Pure Flames. <laughs> no, so you went by Chi. Chi, man. Yeah, okay, cool. it was. Uh, it's cool. Like I still, I still love freestyling. I love like I love hip hop, man. I'm of so. It's so a part of me. It's it's everything, man. I feel like hip hop saved my life. What did you like? What kind of hip hop? Oh man, so like. Uh, well, the first track I'll never forget mm. that like introduced me to hip hop. I was at like one of my, I call him my cousin, but he's like a family friend. Sure, he used to live four floors up. I went up there and uh, he was playing Nas and he's playing uh, Illmatic, and mm. the track Rewind came on, and I was like, yeah. it, it blew my mind that someone could tell a story in reverse. And like after that, I was like, okay, let me hear everything. <laughs> let me hear it all. Yeah, and then I just became like a a junkie. But like right now, I'm pretty much. Anything new, I'm open to. I'm open to whatever is going on. I just love the culture. I love to see how it moves yeah. in space and time, yeah. how it is successful and how it fails. Like, just I love the culture. Okay, yeah. so I'm here with my um, special guest, mm -hmm. Tony Gebra Hewitt. It means a servant of life. Gebra Hewitt. Yeah, there you go. Servant of life. Anthony, though. Yeah. Yeah. But you call me Tony. But Tony is cool. Um, and you're a photographer. Uh, Toronto raised, Toronto born, born and raised. raised. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Um. East end, West end. Scarborough all Scarborough. day, okay. every day. Dope. Ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Very intense. <laughs> Don't you ever forget. Um. Yeah. So we're just um kind of getting familiar with uh your life. You know, we talked about hip hop briefly there, and 
it's so it's so vital. It's so used when you're in the culture and you're around it. You you don't. It's just a way of life. Like how you wear your shorts, how you wear your socks, how you comb your hair, where you get your hair cut. Mm-hmm. It's like it's all hip hop mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But you don't know because you're just in it. You're not like oh, what is the checklist for today to be dope? Right. 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 It's just the way you are. Yet when it is sold and consumed, it's not always um, represented correctly. Facts. And when when you see it out there, do you ever have those like eye roll moments? And do you feel like you're doing that less or do you do it more? Because you said you were open to like all streams and all ways yeah, and all sounds. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Uh, definitely eye roll moments. Definitely times where I'm disappointed. No sure. doubt about it. I'm open to it. I definitely have my line, and I always say Takashi Six Nine is my line. I can't go down that road. <laughs> yeah. I can't go down the road where you're a clown and you're like literally acting like a clown for views and likes, mm. and your music doesn't even really speak for everything that you speak for, type of thing. Yeah. You know? um, so I do have a line, but I'm open to just new ways of being creative. I'm open to new styles. Like anyone that's trying to be different, stand sure. out applaud to you i support it 100 percent. you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um i think this new wave actually this is amazing because uh you remember when erica badu came a couple yeah weeks of course ago, yeah, i saw she that. said something that just hit me so hard and she was like you know someone asked her about the same question what do you think about the new generation of artists and she's like you know what i'm with it she's like i'm open to it because they're in a state and we have evolved to a point where we don't even need to hear words to like resonate with the, that love vibration they're putting out a love vibration it just doesn't make sense lyrically like it's not hip-hop's right. all about lyricism right, like, right right you know the purists are all about yeah, lyricism sure. but it's really just the sound and yeah. how that sound makes you feel that's and what she, i was saying yeah, yeah, yeah and i feel exactly the same way so yeah. people like i'm like around my friends or whatever and i'm playing some really you know i'll play some ignorant shit like, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and not and not even give a fuck really you yeah, know yeah, of but I, I get it in myself because it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel like my confident, yeah, strong, yeah, empowered. Yeah, this is it. That's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going. That's why I'm always torn because when it is pumped out to the masses, mm-hmm. um, just all those things that you just felt, the energy, it makes those people outside of the culture. You know, and I mean, it is inclusive to everybody. But if you did, you you just know it or you don't know it. Exactly. Like it, it, you just feel it or you don't feel it. But I can understand how people could get into it, right? Right, because right. it's like it the the beats can make you feel like amazing, sexy, beautiful, yeah. confident, uh, angry. You know what I mean? And I I guess every type of music could do that. Facts, if it connects to you, I guess so. Yeah. But it just seems like it's been a long time that this is the the the, the music that is kind of resonated with you know millions and millions of people. We see it now in 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 Asia just. I mean, it's been catching on on the ground for like probably a couple decades, but like mm-hmm. a decade and a bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now you're starting to see, you know, wh- whether it be Korea, Japan from, from time, just kind of incorporating it with the clothes. And it's, again, confidence Everything. and self-expression. It's all these things that wrapped up into one. And this is not even a musician here, per <laughs> se. You're, you're actually a photographer. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chi. And hey. <laughs> A.K.A. Chi's. No disrespect. No disrespect. I'm dead. Nah, it's all dead. Um, yeah. Okay, so you know, we're, so you grew up in Scarborough. You made that very clear. Yep. All the, day. At, at the jump. Uh-huh. So, so you know, 
what was that like? What area? And, you know, what was, uh, you know, Tony at age six? Yeah, man. So that's crazy because, like, essentially, I was born at Bridgemont and Eglinton, mm-hmm. but I think maybe at the age of one or two, I lived on Victoria Park. So my whole life, pretty much, I've been living on Victoria Park, mm-hmm. just in different pockets of sure. Victoria Park. It's such a long street. Yeah, right? man. Yeah, <laughs> facts. <laughs> so um, around six or seven is when my parents split up, actually. So that was okay. a, a very interesting time. Um, Do you have any siblings? Nah, only child. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, the debate whether I'm spoiled or not is debatable. Some people say yes, some people say no. But um, I think I grew up uh, not having a lot of support uh-huh. and not having a lot of things, you know, um, and really... That sounds I, like the opposite of a, a, a single child. Yeah, because, yo, man, okay, so... Really, to explain Scarborough, I have to explain where my parents are from. So my pops is from Ethiopia. My mom's is from Rwanda. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom, she never really finished school. Uh, Her father was, like, the equivalent of the mayor of, like, Rwanda. He was a huge political figure. So, like, he sent her off to private school, and she just kind of fucked around and just didn't go to class. And, you know, she was just being young, young and dumb, right? Uh, And then my dad uh, came from, man... Last year, he showed me where he was from, and it's, like, literally, like, a straw house. Like, just, like, the most humbling, humbling of beginnings. And um, he was, like, I guess it reminds me of myself. Is like, he really made something out of nothing, uh, got a free scholarship to do engineering in Ghana type of thing, came back, got a job as an elevator repair person type of thing. Wow. And, yeah, really, really killed it, you know? Um, And so... They met in Kenya, which is right in between Rwanda and Ethiopia, and then came over here. So when my parents split up, my dad was the breadwinner, and my mom didn't really have an educational background, didn't have anything to kind of like make something of herself, I guess. So when they split, my mom was just doing her best to provide, and my dad was supporting when he could. You know what I mean? I see. Um, So yeah, it left for like me not to have all the things that I wanted to have right. or just make do with what I had uh, for a very long time. For a very, like, very like into your teens? Yeah, until yeah. I had to start supporting myself. So I started working my first job illegally when I was 15 because right. I just wanted to have money to do my own things. You know what I mean? Um, and I, in order to be where I'm at now, I had to work a bunch of shitty ass jobs yeah. that really were unfulfilling and really were like, soul snatching you know yeah. like were you always creative no no okay that's, that's another Came thing to you later yeah dude and that's another that's what another reason why i am the way i am is like growing up i didn't have i never went to a workshop i didn't know what a workshop was right. i didn't know what a workshop was till i started doing workshops yeah you know what i'm saying like yes. that just wasn't in my awareness or available around for me you know uh so i actually discovered photography when i was 20 man like super, su- super late, super late um, these days, but yeah. like yeah. way earlier than myself. Mm. So, um, but but again, regardless, we we can agree that we both found it late. Yeah, and that I can relate to. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there was not a creative bone in my body before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like I was taught by my parents go to school. It was in university when I discovered it. Where'd you At, go? Uh, York, man. Okay, York. Amazing. So I took kinesiology in French, 
and uh, I completed it. So you took kinesiology and French. And French, a minor in French. It sounded like you said in French. I'm no, like, no, 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 no. You are a talented. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I definitely quit that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my mom is from Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Second language is French. They're colonized by French oh, yeah, or whatever. Sure. So she taught me French at a very early age and always encouraged me to just go through with it. Right. So I did that. She's like, you can always get a, a job that pays $23 an hour. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't want to. I already feel that this don't feel right. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Um, and then I had a friend who had a camera in about second year of university. Yeah. And I was like, yo, can I like just hold that and take a few photos? Boom, boom, boom. I, I borrowed it for a couple of days and I was like, fuck it. I'm getting my own. So yeah. I was working a shitty job at Home Outfitters. Uh-huh. I was like a stock boy. Terrible. Waking up at like five in the morning. You know, doing that and then going to class after that is just crazy. Oh, man. Uh, but I used all the money that I saved up from there and bought my first camera, mm-hmm. Rebel XSI. Okay, nice. Game changer. Like, I couldn't even, I was so in love with it. And it was such a, it was like my best friend at the time. Like, I was going through a period of figuring out who I am and who I want to be. And that required cutting off friends. That required spending a lot of time alone. Yeah. And in those times when I was spending time alone, it was like me just going for a walk and taking photos. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like I had company. For sure. Yeah. I, I can totally relate to that. I think we even touched on it before. Was It was therapy, right? Facts. At the end of the day. Just to fa- uh, rewind just a little bit. So, like, being a single child, because I had um, three, I have three siblings mm-hmm. and me, so a total of four kids. So you don't really have time to yourself. Mm-hmm. You might get your room and you, you know, or someone's not around for a bit mm-hmm. but you really don't have that introspective time mm-hmm. i'm just curious you know you're a single kid were you in your room like playing video games were you reading i'm always interested because it's almost like i would love to have been kind of by myself sometimes because i enjoy my own company so i'm right. asking yeah right so uh i've never had my own room believe it or not okay it's always been a one-bedroom apartment right right mom holds down the room and then i just have a so couch it's always been yeah, floor, yeah a couch bed type of thing it's always been humbling. Um, and yeah, when I was a kid, man, I was like my toys. I was like just in my own corner, like psh, psh, like literally yeah. just using my imagination. I guess that's creative in a For way, sure. looking back. But I mean, yeah, it was that. It was me playing video games, uh, inviting friends over. So yep. the building that I lived in when I was growing up was actually a wicked community of kids, man. So like I had one of my closest friends lived on the same floor as me. Oh, so perfect. we were just like boom, I'm going to your house today. You're coming to my house today. And we were just running video games. Whose house is more fun to be at? Like, you uh, know, definitely not mine. It's always a friend's yeah. house. It's yeah. always you're like, what time are you guys eating at? Yeah, I can stay around for a bit. Yeah, exactly. And he had his own room. So it was like isolated Damn. space, you know, and he always had the best games. Obviously, I couldn't get every game I wanted to get. So, mm. you know, it was it was lit. And then every floor I had a friend. Mm. So we would like group up together. Boom. And if we weren't playing video games, we were doing crazy adventure shit man we take our bikes and just ride and just find things to do you know what i mean Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. uh i was grateful for that i always had friends i remember we used to like have dragon ball z fights in the hallways like we just did crazy shit like loading up kamehamehas and like you know (laughs) firing it at each other it was was so you were you were good and you had community which is which is huge. Yeah. Um, but you also, you know, you knew that you didn't have everything. Mm-hmm. 
did it get you down not having everything? Uh, or you didn't really look have that perspective? Didn't have that perspective at the, as a kid. Sure. But uh, once I got into my teens, early 20s, I was like, okay. Stomach's growling a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, I realized I was like, my parents can only do so much for me. I got to figure it out myself. And like over the course of those years, I started uh, shaping my mindset in yep. terms of like, I got to go out and get it, you know? And today it's made me like a pretty intense person when it comes to uh, going out there and getting it. Right. And my days are just, they're diligent. The gym, I'm always doing something. It's okay. very rare that I'm just like sitting there and doing nothing, you wow, know? That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, and so now you're, you're 15, you're, you're, you've realized I got to get a job. I got to get money or understanding that if I save this, mm-hmm. I can get the things that I want. So before photography at 20, mm-hmm. was it sport? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I was, and, a, I was a baller. Yeah. And did you like it? Yeah. yeah. See, I was in it too. Yeah. I love ball. Yeah. Well, sports is like a metaphor for life. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, like, and, yeah. But then it's funny. Uh-huh. And I want to know your opinion on this. So then years later, I'm still watching sports, but then I started to be like, I'm watching sports. Mm. So I'm watching someone else's life and it started to affect me where I was like, wow, I just missed two hours of life. <laughs> Facts. And this person's getting compensated, so they're good. Right. It's their dream. Right. And even if it wasn't their dream, they're still getting compensated. Right. So a lot. Th- yeah. <laughs> so it's getting weird now that I'm like still buying the jersey and like losing mm. my shit over it mm. when they when they don't win. Right. You know, um, it's, you know it's bugging me out. It's yes. like I'm 29 and I'm at the age where these athletes are younger than me. Yes. Just doing it on a massive, massive yeah. scale. And I'm just like, yo, I don't want to be that guy, but I have a solution for you. Word. So on YouTube, they have like the 10 minute highlight recap. So you can see every play in 10 minutes. Oh, right. right. <laughs> I did actually, you know what? It's funny you say that for yeah. the world cup. Yeah. I started doing that. Yeah. And it's like a nice curated, like those guys edit quick. Yo, there's unbelievable. There's editing. a channel that does it per quarter. So for an NBA game, oh my goodness. The first quarter, when it's done, they have it cut and edited and they put it out. So you could watch it per quarter if you're that serious. Wow. Yeah. So But I, I do want to get back more into sport, maybe watching it with um friends and stuff. The World Cup kind of reminded me of that. Mm. I was like, Oh yeah, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're not playing on France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ain't good enough. <laughs> but like, you know, you can you can have community and have a party around it, mm-hmm. get your real friends in real life over, and we're all kind of joining, people picking who's going to win, and, mm-hmm. you know, but it is good to go and experience live entertainment, Absolutely. right, and sport. I feel that's important, too. But anyway, that's me. So mm-hmm. before photography, like, what, you just didn't ever think that you would ever pick up a camera? Yeah, never. Artistically? No. Nothing like that? No, eh? so I was, I was, I was bawling for real, man. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I you was got bawling. serious. Yeah, yeah, I was serious. It was like, even going to college and playing ball type of thing. Right. Um, I started when I was like 12 or 13. So I started late again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I had the height and I had, oh, I right. guess, a bit of strength mm-hmm. um, and I could shoot. So that was like a big man that could shoot at that time was just like a good look, you know? Right. So uh, I played ball high school every year. Um, and Did you art- find yourself improving? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I was I was decent, man. I was like putting up, you know, 10 and 10, I would yeah. say, per game. Type Still of someone thing. trashing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't like an all-star, but I was definitely competing. Yeah. And um, it was good. It was good, but we had a shitty team. So like we were like up against, I'll never forget it, man. Uh, we were up against 
guys from like MT that were like shooting Nike ads oh, after damn. the game, like done, like just squashing us by forty and then shooting ads after the game. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it was heartbreaking again, yeah. and uh, but it built a lot of character. And like I said, I learned a lot about sports. There's a lot of soft and hard skills that I learned from sports that mm. I apply to my daily life. That I apply to photography, like discipline. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you had to wake up at 5 or 6 a.m. to go for training Mm -hmm. before you did the next training and then before the game. You know what I mean? So it was intense, uh, but I really loved that aspect. And seeing who would actually show up, you know, some guys would pull up in Tim's to a practice. I'm just like, what are you on? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I balled for real. And I I love it. I still love the sport. To this day, if Mm -hmm. I play ball, if I make the time to play ball, it's the easiest way for me to get into a flow state. Okay. Like I can just forget time. I can just be present and I'm having fun. I'm yes. having so much fun. I love trash talking. I love just like having a good time and you know, like it's love, man. Paul's yeah. just really a sport That's great. Love. You have that other thing that, that, that really um, resonates with you mm-hmm. naturally. But do you make the time for sports? That's like the, the serious question. You know? Yeah. I, I don't make the time like that. And I, the most I make time for is like, you know, calisthenics like push-ups sit-ups and going Mm -hmm. for a little jog but i don't have sport like that like i used to Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'm like man i would love to just go out and shoot for an hour right and just get all this thinking in while i'm shooting and enjoying it but uh i guess as you get older you just say wow i just didn't like it as much as i thought i liked it Mm -hmm. i i I don't enjoy that as much because i have like my sister loves she plays uh, pickup hockey still. Mm-hmm. She grew up playing hockey, but then she she still plays. Mm-hmm. She plays in a, ba- a baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these like adult kind of fun leagues, which is amazing. Right. And I guess I always question it too much. Like and then I whether or not you should do that's it. That's right. Uh-huh. And then I don't follow through on that. Uh-huh. And plus also, like, you know, when you play pickup ball, a lot of times dudes are just too serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like, where are you going, man? Right. Right. Because right. I know you're over 30. Right. And you're not on TV. Right. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Why are you, why are you, hold, why are you covering me why like that? Why is it so serious? Yeah. Why yeah. are you so sweaty? Right. <laughs> no, but it, it, it goes down that street, right? <laughs> right, right. And uh, I'm trying to remember if art like really touched my life. And the closest thing I can get to is DJing. Mm. That was like my only artistic. That's creative as fuck, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, but, that's like, art at, form, yeah. but I guess... When you're playing ball, because like, you're playing ball, you're right. listening to your, your Walkman. Wow. Wow. You said Walkman. This guy you said really Walkman. Did that. So <laughs> CD player, Discman. Wow. <laughs> All the way to pod, uh, iPods and stuff is the closest I came to art. What about yourself? Yo, uh, I like drawing. Yeah. I definitely. Um, so when you're 15, 16 playing ball, yeah. you still had time to draw. Yeah, because you're taking art classes in high school and stuff yeah. like that. Well, I was doing that. And um yeah, I was, I was a big fan of anime at the time. So, mm-hmm. like, I was, like, recreating, like, anime characters. Like, that was a big thing I loved to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, putting my own spin on it, which was fun. Um, but that's about it. I feel like ball was, like, really how I was creative. Because you can be super creative when you play ball, man. 100%. Like, yeah, like, and I love trying things. Like, I love being risky and doing right. all kinds of stuff. So, I felt like that was pretty much it. And before this conversation, I wouldn't even mention ball because I didn't feel like it was a super creative thing right? until this conversation. No, it is. Yeah. You're right. And, and like you see, uh, remember Jason Williams? Of course. The, oh my God. And so even when he's white playing, chocolate. yeah, white yeah. Chocolate, he's playing, he's, he's, he's a guard, uh-huh. but he was like, 
yes, I could do it this way. Uh-huh. But what if I do a little flair? Uh-huh. And that is creativity. That is artistic. Right? You got you got to look up. Um, I think his name is Jazz. He's like a he's like another like white chocolate type of guy. Okay. But he does purely ball tricks on Instagram. Has oh, a huge following. Five hundred thousand people following him. Yeah, and he yeah, just yeah. does the most. He's done things I've never seen. Yes, that that's before. amazing. Yeah, right? like twenty eighteen. You're still finding what the brain new ways. Yeah, and it's it's so unimaginable. Um, so yeah, it's it can be super super creative. Was was somebody in your family artistic? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I told you last time we talked, mm. but um. After about three or four years of doing it, um, my mom gave me her like first film camera. No, and you she, didn't tell yeah, me I didn't tell you that. No, so she gave crazy. me her film camera and she's like, yeah, I actually went to school in Rwanda. I went to college for photography. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. She just happened to leave that out for I, years. I think she was trying to see if I was really serious about yes, it or yes. not. But when she saw it, she's like, here take this camera. I actually went to college for this. She didn't finish, but like she did a couple of years in it. Wow. And um, then I knew that was like a defining moment for me. I was like, oh, it's in my blood. That's why I feel so like attracted to it. Yeah. And I decided like from that point forward, I was like, this is my thing. Like, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what I'm going to do. What you, what kind of photography are you shooting? Yeah. What are you doing? Totally experimental. Yeah. Um, I actually started off with landscapes. Because like mm-hmm. I was too shy to approach people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I take the, ask them for a photo or whatever, <laughs> or just even arrange a photo shoot. That was just so... I didn't feel like I had the skills because right. I was just self-taught, right? Like I didn't sure. do anything. I didn't go to school or nothing like that. So it started off with landscapes. It started off with those walks, like just going for walks on my yeah. own time. And then boom, boom, boom. And I think about two or three years into it, I, I'm like, oh my God, I love this thing so much. I, in my mindset was, I don't even want to make money off of it. Mm. Terrible mindset to have. Yeah. But, <laughs> but at that age, it was just kind of, fitting because I was in school. I had a different career plan and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I started a charity. So I started this charity called Shooting for Change. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, and um, it was me and my friend Paul. Shout out Paul. Mm. And uh, for like three years, we did $30 photo shoots and we would take 100% of the proceeds and use it to feed the less fortunate. That's incredible. Yeah, so I was so serious about not making money that if I did make money, it was just we were using it to help other people. Yeah. And what it, was the reaction? What? It was fire. It was so, we had so many clients. We had, uh, so um, Paul's partner at the time had her own apartment. Right. So we created a studio out of Ooh. that. Yeah. And it, it was lit, man. Like we had, it was, yeah, I $30 photo shoots. Everyone was on it. You realize early, man, we should have just said $60. Yeah, people totally. Still, it's going to charity. Yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah, it's a good cause. It's so I think that's cause. why people responded to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was great. And then, um, it's a sad story because I was so connected to it and yeah. I loved it so much. But like they had a split and um, then we lost our studio. Paul and the girl. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. That's always studio, tough. Yeah. And then Paul just kind of wasn't feeling it as much. And yeah, then it yeah. just naturally dissolved type of thing. That's crazy. Yeah. How those things happen. And then I got depressed after that. Why? Um, Not dream, why. It, like, felt <laughs> like, it felt like a dream. It felt like a dream shattered, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, in correlation to the actual... Yeah. Charity, I see. It was coupled that with a, a failed relationship, uh-huh. like a first real breakup. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I was just dealing with both at the same time. And um, so you I were took down. a year. Yeah, I took a year and a half off. Like around. Wow. So this is like around twenty three. The same time I started yeah. rapping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, cheat. <laughs> Nosy. <laughs> Nosy. He dropped it. Yeah, and uh, but it was good because it allowed me to explore another creative avenue. And um, taking the time and space away from it 
really, really, really gave me the appreciation for the craft. Because when I came back to it, I was like, okay, we're going like balls deep into this thing. You know what I mean? Like we're not looking back type of thing. And I haven't looked back since then. So that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, When you were down, did you still shoot? Were you shooting at all? No, bro. I put the camera camera down. 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 100%. Wow. Down and away. And at the time, my mind was like, I'm because so much hurt came from photography or like my dream around photography, I was like, I'm just not going to pick up a camera for I don't even know how long. I didn't even put a date. Did you remember when you kind of, not the the moment, but like when you brought picked everything back up? Yeah, it was. Um, so have I told you about Rise? I don't know if I told you about Rise. Rise, I know. Um, you talked about Randall, but I Randall, don't know if you, yeah. ta- you didn't tell you didn't tell me too much about what was up. So in okay, so what inspired me to actually rap and do? I was doing spoken word too at the time. Yeah. Was Rise. So I see. When I was twenty three. Um, Crazy story, man. A friend that I had at York went to, he was on a date and he brought this girl to an event at York because he was living on campus. Right. And uh, Randell was there and he had just started this thing called Rise. Right. And it was like maybe a weekend. Oh, and wow. So he connects with them and then uh, Eric comes back to me. He's like, yo, I met these dope guys that are doing something in Scarborough. Like, you should go check this out. Prior to like him telling me that, I would never go to an event alone. I always felt like I needed like sure. friends or support. That's right. But something just told me, dude, go. Yeah. And I went and there was maybe 15 people in the space. Right. And he just started this like poetry, like open mic type of thing. And it was so small, but it was so beautiful. Like everyone there was like, like me. Yes. And I had just cut off a bunch of friends and I was like kind of looking for like. Community. Like, just like-minded, like-minded people. Yeah. That's really all it came down to. And then, um. Yeah, we, we connected right off the bat, and I just started being a part of Rise. Like, yo, I love the energy of this. I'm just going to, like, contribute to this. Yeah. So as the camera goes down, I'm super involved in Rise, and I'm doing spoken word. I'm rapping. I'm exploring this other world. And maybe about a year and a half, two years into that, I see this guy coming around and taking photos at Rise. Like, he's documenting Rise as it's happening. And I'm like, shit, man. <laughs> I miss I that, do that. I was like, I missed that shit. You, you see know? him in slow motion taking pictures, laughing. Yeah. And yeah. Like, That's me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I used to do that. Like, <laughs> I used to be that guy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, p- I picked my camera back up and mm-hmm. I've been documenting Rise every Monday, every Crazy. Thursday, ever since, man. Ever since. So Rise, like, helped me when I was down and out and it also helped me pick it back up at the same yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's a great cause. So what's, where is Rise right now in terms of? Oh, man. Um, all the things that they're doing. Shit, first of all, shout out Rise. Shout that out. I, that organization is fucking beautiful, man. Um, I definitely want to hit them up. Taha, you have to come, oh, yeah. bro. So it happens every Monday. Mm-hmm. 100, 150 youths come out every Monday. It's Crazy. just a community of artists that wow. love to perform. And I share. heard about it over the years, and I saw him randomly on the street, took his portrait. I was with Jelani Morgan. Nice, nice, Randomly. Nice. This is when I was kind of just starting photography. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely connect. Like yeah, I, yeah, for he's, sure. He's a really good person to know. Mm-hmm. Um, he does so much on his own Every outside week, of yeah, Rise. Yeah, yeah, no, right. even outside oh, of Oh, I see, yeah. He does motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. He's in schools doing workshops, just inspiring mm-hmm. youth mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rise is, is massive. I think it's the biggest um, Scarborough arts-based organization period like right now incredible yeah it's connected to so many things um i don't know if you heard but uh nuit blanche is happening in scarborough this yes, year yes i did hear actually. and rise is like one of the major partners you know That's we're incredible. putting together a documentary we shot a film for it yeah wow. doing an exhibition around that too so 
Yeah, I was telling you about the show that I'm doing in September. Yeah. Oh, I thought there was one that you did in um, just now. In August. Cali. In, in Cali. Cali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I wasn't able to make it, but okay. it was it was dope. They picked up some of my work sure. and exhibited it, and it's for sale right now. Yeah. Until the end of August, which is great. That's dope. And, and and how did that come to be, real quick? Instagram, dude. Instagram. No, it, no. Wow, I didn't know anyone. Fantastic. The organization said. Uh, listen, reach out to one friend that you know mm-hmm. and ask them who their favorite artist is. Mm. And so I don't know who that person was, but... Someone tagged you and said, this is the guy. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So you, you had that down period rise, kind of sparked that juice and realized that creativity is not just one lane. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, you do need to take a break mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, be a creative director or you know, just be an overseer or just sit on the sidelines and watch mm-hmm. and learn, right? Mm-hmm. So you you gain, clearly you gain confidence from that. What did you think would happen for like income when it came to the early days of photography? What were you thinking someone would compensate you for? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, at the time, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, before I quit my last job, before I said, I'm going to take this leap of faith and do this thing. Right. I was working at the city of Toronto. So I was doing, um, it's called ARC. It's like after school programming type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Three hours a day, five days a week. It's very simple. Yeah. But like it paid the bills or whatever. Um, and what happened was I was, wa- I was doing programming for these kids. Mm-hmm. And when the parents came to pick up the kids, it just, they kept saying, they're like, why are you here? Like, they just kept asking me that. The, the like, parents. Yeah, the yes, parents. Yeah. Like, like, I had relationships with the parents because, right. like, I'm t- watching their kids. Yeah. So they're like, why are you here? Like, they're like, you could be doing way more than this. And, uh, you know, at first I got offended. At first I was like... <laughs> I was like, like, what's wrong with this? Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, For this sure. is, you know? Um, and then I, then I really just took it in. And I was like, okay. And I was still doing photography while yeah. doing that job. And then gigs started to conflict with the job. So I couldn't make it out to certain things because I was working three to six every oh. Monday. To fr- it was just like crucial time to be working a job, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I was like, you know what, man? I've saved up a little bit of money. Let me just take the leap of faith and see what happens. And I didn't know how I was going to make money. I still don't know how these opportunities right. come. I, right. I never can imagine what kind of opportunities come, mm-hmm. but they do come. Right, right. So it's really just based on faith. So... um do you feel like you're in a proactive or reactive state um, most of the time when you're uh, pursuing these jobs? Mm. So are you asking, like, am I waiting for opportunities to come to me or am I actively Correct. seeking out opportunities? It's, it's both. It's a mixture. It's both. I think uh, I'm never cold calling. <laughs> Hi. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm never. Don't hang up. up. Yeah. <laughs> That's just not me. And, uh. I wish I would love to learn sales so that I could do something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not in a position where I do that. But w- the way I reach out to people is by putting out content, you know. Um, yeah, you're great with that online. Yeah, I really try my best to just make sure my feed is like my marketing platform. And uh, I'm just putting out work and people are appreciating it and responding to it. And I'm responding to them responding to it, you know. Yes. So they feel like, you know. This comment was worth worth me putting exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Which I had to learn. You know, um, but yeah, like it's really that. And then once someone reacts to it, then I'm very entrepreneurial. I'm very like professional because I've had so many fuck ups, so many mistakes, yes. so many not handling my business right type of thing that I make sure that we're doing this properly. We have an agreement form. 
uh, you're, t- you're telling me your expectations right off the rip and I'm deciding yes. if I'm the person to deliver that expectation. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so once, once the connection has been made, then it's like super, let's make this happen. Let me make, let me do my best to make sure you're happy with the final product. It's amazing. Uh-huh. So for those that don't know, um, so we met based on Asia. Yes. Correct. Your fiance. Correct. Was it Asia or was it Galad and Britta? No, I think it was Asia. Is it Asia? I okay. I, I knew Asia before Galad. Okay. Okay. Because I worked with her um, on Wild Moon. Right. With her sister. I mean, this is like early on. Yeah, she told me about this. Yeah. And it, it was amazing because I'm trying to think how I met her, though. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think she told me the story. I think she said you reached out to her because yes. you just loved her jewelry. Yes. And she was really honored and flattered because she didn't have much of a following at the mm-hmm. time, but you had a big following. And so she felt very like, she's like, oh, this guy's a really genuine oh, good that's, guy. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. Because I, I always feel like one of the things that I enjoy doing more than photography at times mm-hmm. is like uh, seeking out potential mm-hmm. and then trying to connect or align with that mm-hmm. in a natural way. Mm-hmm. Because then I feel I'm, when I'm shooting it, I feel more accountable. Mm-hmm. I'm already thinking it's dope. Mm-hmm. Other people should realize that this work is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like her jewelry was like that. And then uh, my wife, Olivia, when I showed her some of the stuff, she mm-hmm. one of her favorite earrings still to this day wow. is this it's like a. It looks like um, like a gold Egyptian coin with like. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking, what talking about. about. Yeah, totally. She loves those. Yeah, she always wears them. Uh-huh. So um, when she said, "Oh, what what are you shooting?" You know, it's this early product photography, like one of my first kind of jobs. Uh-huh. And she, I said, "Oh, um, this girl Asia's got some jewelry. It's called Wild Moon." And then I'm not gonna ask. You know, what do you think? Until she looks at it and right. then she just was like, Oh, I like these. Right. What about those are nice? Oh, this is a cute box. She right. liked the, the the even the the symbol, the logo. Uh-huh. So that was my um how uh we connected. Uh-huh. And then from there, um I just loved she's just so creative. And I didn't it took me years later to realize how smart she was. Oh yeah. Because and that sounds it could sound like so offensive. Um, but what I mean by that is we spoke, we worked together clearly. Uh-huh. So you're sitting there kind of going over images and you have these small conversations, not too in depth because deadlines, things to do, life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like I read her blog randomly because I hadn't heard from her in a bit. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of, I guess, you know, keeping up mm-hmm. in my mind like, oh, is everything cool? Mm-hmm. And it, I didn't even reach out. I just read this blog post where she was going to go head out to Africa. Right. And how she was breaking it down. In her blog, I was like, oh, this girl is super smart. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, I would never know that. Yeah. And more people should know that about her. Yeah. She has a way of, she walks like two really cool lines. The one line is like the Scarborough line. Right? Yeah. She, you could just vibe on a Scarborough yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. But then like super intelligent around what's going on in the world politically. Yes. Like, oh my God. It's like, it makes me feel stupid. <laughs> yeah, she's so yeah, smart. It, it's crazy because she's just so aware of what's going on. 100%. And, um, yeah, super intelligent. Yeah, and articulating. Yeah. And I could, just from reading, I was able to, you know, um, keep up with what she was doing. I was like, okay, good. Now I have a, a resource mm-hmm. when, uh, if I don't speak to her, mm-hmm. at least I know what she's doing. And you, she's should t- you should tell her that, man. Because yeah, yeah, she's I, like, questions it, like whether yeah. anyone's reading it or not. So, Oh my God, yeah. I think I did. I definitely told her because I hadn't seen her in so long. So I was like, man, your blog was... 
the few times when I read your things, it was always inspiring. And uh, I said, okay, I got to do a little bit more research. I did not know that about, you know, Ghana, where, wherever she would be. Right. So um, so that was a long-winded, but I, I just need to give her that shout out. So how did you meet her? Okay. Just briefly. So trippy, yeah, trippy yeah. thing. So back to me working my first job yes. when I was 15 or 16. I always tell people this. is like uh, there's three or four people that I've met in my life yeah. that when I first met them, I experienced like, Something in my body totally that I just said, oh, my God, we've met many times before, mm. you know, and uh, she was one of them. So when I was working my first job when I was 16, mm-hmm. we had a mutual friend and we met and I got that feeling. But it was the very I think it was the second time I got that feeling. And I was like, oh, but I don't know if I ever see her again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I walked away and just like let it pass. Right. Um, and then we were both in a pitch contest maybe six years later. Mm. Six, no, no, maybe seven or eight years later. Uh, it was an art reach pitch contest. So she was pitching for her business mm-hmm. and I was pitching for a creative project, right? Uh, so we we met up there. I was in a relationship at the time. Yep. Um, so we reconnected and I think she hit me up one day on Facebook. She, yeah. she, <laughs> this is a long-winded debate. Yeah. She always says I hit her. Oh, up. I had proof that she hit me up. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I reached out and said, hey, maybe we should collaborate on something. Yes. Just very innocently, not sure. like with any intention. And we had a meeting. And uh, it was very cordial, very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that meeting, she realized, okay, I need to do more planning for this project that we're going to collaborate oh, on. Oh, right, right. So... Um, a couple months went by. But in that couple months, that relationship I was in ended. Mm. So uh, when she reached back out, it was a couple months after the breakup. And then, yeah, we just met up again. And then... Kind of connected. Yeah. And we had a friend. We had a mutual friend that was instigating the shit out of us hanging out. So the first time that we hung out, she's like, oh, so you guys went for a walk, eh? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Pushing it. Yeah. To the point where it was like crossing boundaries yeah you're like all right don't tell her that we're gonna meet up yeah exactly and asia was super like not down with it because we both weren't in a space where like less like it's people get they their intentions are good right right Right. they're in the right place but yeah the lines are usually crossed unless and after the once like yo you guys should hang out for sure right and then after that Mm -hmm. You gotta let people be because yeah. they're not gonna be themselves around yeah. you, right? And it gets weird now. I'm like, you're 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 telling us to be on third base, and we're like at like we're in the batter's box. Exactly, we're just meeting each exactly. other. Exactly, chill, fresh out of a hundred percent year relationship. No, man. no like not no. even thinking about getting no. in a relationship. And I made that clear. Yeah, yeah. Even like first time, like after the first time we hung out, she instigated. We hung out again. I was like, you know, I'm not really. And she's like, you know what? Neither am I. And then just, yeah, she always says over time, the love grew. It was not like a match made in heaven, like mm-hmm. love at first sight type of thing. Right, right. It definitely just keeps growing over time, which, which I like. Yeah, I yeah really for like. sure. No, yeah. you, you, you got um, to figure it out the way you got to figure it out. Right. And it's not, you can get advice from everybody, but you kind of know the pace and the vibes. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it kind of just plays itself out the mm-hmm. way it has to play out. Anything too quick, anything too long, you both you'll know both of those feelings, right? Exactly. So that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said that. So did you end up going to Africa with her, or at a different time? I know this is much years later, but yeah, because I know she was there for like at least eight months. She right? went for eight months. Okay. Um, and so she went with this organization called Crossroads, which is an amazing organization. Uh, and 
what's crazy was I was going to buy my own ticket and mm-hmm. just go, you know? But I was also in talks with her for her recommending me and Randell to go to do a mandate with the same organization. Mm-hmm. So I actually put my deposit down on the ticket. And then the next day she calls, she's like, oh my God, they have a position for you to like work with these, with this wow. boys program to, you know, help build leadership skills, help build. Yeah. Like be That's a mentor crazy. for them type of thing. And I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, for how long? And they're like, oh, like six to eight weeks. And I was like, that's perfect. I could escape the winter for the first time in life, you know? Sure. Um, so, yeah, we did that. Uh, so while I was there, I really made it worth my time because I also applied for a grant to do skills and development. So I was working with a photographer in Ghana learning. That's where I learned a shitload of photography skills. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, um, and we were working with the kids. And it was an opportunity to propose at the same time. So, Amazing. Yeah. So you did that. Yeah. And Th- that's one of those days where you like the photos and you congrats the person, but you don't want your girl or your wife to see because <laughs> this guy's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fly anywhere for you. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. People thought like, anyways, we were both hesitant about sharing it. But at the same time, it was such a beautiful moment. Yeah, for sure. That, like, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, congrats on that. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So um, would you say your best work is now or is still coming to yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, well, it'll always get better. Sure. That's the mindset. But I feel like, yeah, I'm at, I'm the best I've ever been so far. Right, right. Yeah. And you learned a lot of those skills when you were um, in Ghana. In Ghana, right? Shout out to Apog. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So he was he's um, a Ghana-based photographer, but he's like 25 years old. Right. But he's like top tier commercial photographer yeah. so he's done stuff for like coca-cola he's done stuff for all the biggest brands yeah um and he's just what impressed me the most is he's so knowledgeable and he's so invested so he has like i don't know where he gets the money but he has like thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment man. right photo right. equipment introduced me to all the equipment how to use it boom boom, boom. amazon man china guy i don't know what he yeah. did but like he has every he has sony fuji mm-hmm. canon two two bodies each you wow. know what i mean and then all the lighting equipment that you could ever use wow can set up his own studio in his backyard everything so he not only did he introduce me to the equipment right. not only did he show me things in photoshop that i need to know as a portrait beauty photographer sure he also recruited models he would get a makeup artist to do the, the model so he's makeup. in he's in it hard oh yeah. yeah like he's that's his life and he does video too so he does documentaries and stuff oh like that gosh. yeah he's crazy so you learned a lot in the short period uh, of time the most the yeah. most i've ever learned and uh i hope i could do something like that again because it was so beneficial mm-hmm. and i noticed the difference and i feel like everyone noticed everyone came up to me was like yo Whatever the hell you did there, keep doing that. Type yeah, of for sure. Yeah. No, you got great lighting. You do a lot of studio stuff, which is uh, amazing. I, I definitely feel like you've got like your your lane and your your style. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, the marketing part is you you know putting out the work that you just shot that week or mm-hmm. that last night or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So what is like next when you think about what you want to do with photography? Mm-hmm. Um. I really want to transition out of like a beauty aesthetic uh-huh. into political stuff so like it's a tricky line to walk because you can't please everyone when you're putting out messages that right. challenge the status quo but uh i really want to mix that with like political like with a strong message behind it man mm-hmm. like on some kendrick shit you know yeah, yeah. Like you're still creating the aesthetic yeah. the, the look but you're also saying something with it at the same time that's a great example kendrick and see i struggle with this myself mm-hmm. so like 
that's the GQ style magazine there, and mm-hmm. you got ASAP on the front. Mm-hmm. I would love to work with GQ and do a portrait of these artists, like you know, join the club, join the line, right? right. Who wouldn't, right? Right. But I think Kendrick, as an example, he'll still get the deal with Reebok. But he's saying, like, yo, my people are living like this. Right. And this can't go on. Right. And I'm going through this in, right. my, in my life, mentally, whatever. And uh, I think a lot of other people are. Right. So um, I'm going to express it. Right. So I think he's a great example that it's possible. Mm-hmm. But if you notice what he does is he kind of does it all. And then he s- says, I'm putting it out. Mm-hmm. And you deal with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Once you ask people, then um, you take the, the, the control out of your own hands. You're subject to scrutiny and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it took, it took me a long time to realize that. I was, I was doing probably the first two, three years of my business. It was all client work. It was never like yeah. me taking the time to make my what interests me or what I'm passionate about. Because right. I was just so like, let's grind, let's get this money type of thing. Yeah. You know? But once I took the step back and I was just like, oh, man, like, I can create something that makes me super happy and that attracts clients as well just because they see what I'm capable of creatively and right. that interests them. Right. That's That makes me so happy, man. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that's the new goal. That's the new... Yeah, that's the that goal. Uh, I want to do shows, way more shows, and I want to do international stuff, man. I want to work internationally. Any, um, Let me put that out in the universe right now. Mm-hmm. Any international projects I would love to collaborate on because I just want to see the world and pursue my passion at the same time. Right, right. Uh-huh. You feel like Toronto is um, the art scene. How do you feel about it? <laughs> How do you feel about it? <laughs> Man, I'm asking the questions here. Um, it's hard for me to answer that because um, a lot of times um, I guess it comes back to me saying I got so much that I want to do mm-hmm. that I don't know if I need to be out here at every party to prove that yeah. um, I'm an artist. Yeah. And like, you know, there's two sides to that. Well, you got to support, Ta. And I feel like I support. Right. You know, the, the few close friends, like, you know, like even like Sotio, like A. Right. I'll, um, or Asia. Right. Example, I'll support in the way I got to support. Right. You know, right. or, or Galad. Right. Doing some incredible work with I Am. And, Shout you know, out Galad. Jayu and yeah. I, There's certain people and a certain way that I, I guess, support. So mm-hmm. the, the Toronto scene to me is, if you're doing great things, great. Uh Perfect. Social media. I'll retweet your thing or I'll repost your thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to physically be there um, to say that, yeah, this guy is cool. Right. And uh, it's just a weird place that we're, where we are because I think it's vital that we make money while we're doing the things we're doing. And every time you bring that up, it becomes weird immediately when you say money. Right. And I say that because money, um, like if you have a show... Mm-hmm. And the work is just okay, but you, you're on your third show now. Mm-hmm. I guess you're progressing mm-hmm. because you're getting your work out there. Mm-hmm. But like, are you spending too much time on you see what I did as opposed to I got to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. It's finally the time. I guess there's no right time, but that's how I always look at it. That's my struggle. Mm-hmm. Like putting it out too much just to prove that you're out there right. or putting out something that's timeless and... Uh, you're super proud of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, what do you think of Trump? <laughs> uh, no, I think I agree with you. I think you got to pick your your core group of artists that you that you rock with and support just because 
we're living in a time where everyone's ambitious in Toronto. Like everyone's doing something, you mm-hmm. know, when I look at like my Facebook event page, or I look at like people that are inviting me to events and everything that's going on. It's like this weekend was a perfect example. There was like 80 things going Did on. Did you go to a bunch of things? Do I you, went, do you I, make yourself. Oh no, I hate parties. <laughs> really? I hate parties. Yeah. Events. I don't mind like events, art based events. Right. I don't mind going to, but, um, parties like just going i yeah yeah i get it but it's not who i am you know mm-hmm. like i i love this i love a, i would take a one-on-one conversation over sure. a party any day you yeah, know sure. um it just feels more fulfilling to me uh but no I don't, I don't get out enough and i don't feel like i have the energy to support everyone yeah. i don't feel like i have it in me like you said there's so many things you want to do on your own time yeah. Yeah. ideas you want to get out work you have to do it's like I have to go travel downtown, get parking, spend the time, get food, you know? Yeah, (laughs) man. And then, and then come back and four or five hours are gone and I could have done something else in my time. I love, I love that everyone's out there doing their thing. Yes. I love that people are trying to connect and collaborate. I support all of it. I'm with it. It's just, I feel like there's so much going on in Toronto. I feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting time. The, the catch, I guess, to this is that when you have your show, no one's going to show up because they're saying you didn't you weren't there for you me. You weren't there, yeah. And um, I don't believe that. Uh-huh. I feel like if you're doing good work, yeah. they'll understand because they're artists. Yeah. They're like, oh, you were working on some stuff. So I guess you do support. But I feel like, I don't know. Then we're, then you're also wanting to support the youth and, and, and people like younger than you that are trying to get to where you're at. Totally. So I, I don't mind those two, three hours with the youth uh-huh. over, and you know that working a, in Malvern, right? You you know that like sometimes that's the best time to say, hey, I'm helping community. Right. If you want to come to meet me there, great. If you want to be a guest at my thing, okay. Right. But when it comes to me putting out my own work, which I would love to get on, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to just let the chips fall. If you come and show up, amazing. Yeah. yeah. If not, mm. like I want the support, but mm. I would like rather have the support of people that um, are just fans of my work. Mm-hmm. Right. The stranger that's just like, I want seven prints. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's your book coming out? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I've forgotten the Toronto scene or the people around it, but mm-hmm. I guess we're all working. We're, we're artists. We're, yeah. we're trying to get it done. Yeah. So it's a, it, it is like a, a tough uh, thing to balance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't say that to say I'm not going to support artists yeah. when they have events. It's just yeah. you have to pick and sh- every time it's you like pick and choose. an isolated moment that you have to pick and choose and yeah. be like, am I going to do this today? If your show is in Jane and Finch uh-huh. on a weekend, uh-huh. I'm probably not going to be able yeah, to make yeah, yeah. it. You know, if it's in the summer as opposed to winter, that depends too. Like exactly. the weather, the timing, everything yeah. is a factor. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully the work moves me mm-hmm. where I'm like, no, guy, I got to go to this thing tonight. Mm-hmm. I would love that, too. This last past weekend, um, Liv and I went to um, Hamilton Art Gallery mm-hmm. to see Vivian Meyer. OK. And How was it? It was incredible. I mean, I have her books and she's dope and she's my favorite photographer, right, 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 right. period. Mm-hmm. Um, she specialized in street photography in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at her work in a large um, what is that? Large scale format. Large scale <laughs> format. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's incredible. Mm. The detail, um, the emotion. Mm. And she was like, I, I can relate to her. She was not sociable. 
Mm. And I don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. So I fight that. I'm aware of it. I don't think she was even aware of it, right? Mm. There's no cell phones. There's no nothing. You're Mm. just taking photos. She's putting them in a room, leaving them, and never going back to them. Uh, And then they find them 30 years later and go, oh, my God, this this woman's brilliant. Right. So I, I I would never be that extreme. But uh, I love the amount of unique work that she did. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the end, yes, I'll promote along the way. But I, I, I'm doing this the same reason we came into doing it, which was the therapy part. The, right. the, the, the part that makes me feel like I'm in a flow state. Mm. Out there shooting, going bang, bang, bang. Wow, mm-hmm. I feel good about myself. Bang, bang, bang. Um, I want to have a family. Bang, bang, bang. I want to <laughs> get married. That's what the photography does for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't really sit there and go, I hope the person downtown supports my event. Facts, yeah. And that can be harsh, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of how I feel. Mm-hmm. I, think so. if you've, I think if you felt that the opposite way, you'd be hurt. You'd be hurt if that person didn't come and mm-hmm. you know your worth is almost dependent on people attending your show. Yes. And that's not the way to go about it. Right. I, think, I think when you put a show together, Very it's, true. An, it's an offering. And uh, whoever takes up the offering, takes up the offering. Mm-hmm. Really, it's a moment in time really shows in the grand scheme of things don't get remembered like long term you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's you're creating a vibe and a moment of time for people who appreciate you and your work mm-hmm. and it's a really kind gesture if you think about it um because long term who's really going to that's a great way yeah. you just put that that made uh, actually made me physically feel at ease it's more for you just like sharing right and saying hey, this is where i'm at right now right i hit this deadline mhm I thought about it. I have new <laughs> stuff in a frame. Yeah. You um, completed an idea. Exactly. Which is super important. It's huge. That's yeah. huge as an artist. So I will... Thanks for that. Yeah. I definitely feel like it's important to uh, create projects and then uh, put them aside. And then I don't want to be like super stressed. I really want it to be super pre-planned uh-huh. so that when you're there, you're like, yeah, let's enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Actually talking to people saying, oh, yo, Ta, I love this and I love that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, thanks. Yeah, I was here when I did it and this is how I felt. Yeah. The end. Yeah, it's great. I've done I've done one solo show mm-hmm. in two different spots, uh, three, three different spots, actually. And the first one was stressful. Yeah. But the second time around... It's literally just you chilling with your friends and your family and your supporters. Like that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, and it felt nice, man. It felt like people just came out to support and appreciated it, and we shared that moment. How many events? Yeah. How many things do you do over the course of your life? It's just about sharing the moment. It truly <laughs> that's really is. All yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. Trying about. to make it all deep. Yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. I, I know you, uh, just real briefly here, you have a, another studio that you work at from time to time. Is that where you learned a lot of your lighting? And Yeah. Um, okay. I learned the most about lighting when I was in Ghana. Yeah. But I also, in that studio is where I get to experiment. Oh, experiment, um, yes. And the owner of the studio, CJ Cromwell, shout him out, Teal mm-hmm. Studio, amazing studio, um, is a great, he's such a strange character but he's such a great mentor any any question he's basically like you didn't ask that's his whole philosophy if you ask the answer is there for you if Mm -hmm. you don't ask i don't he's like i don't know what to tell you you know so i'm a person that is curious and comes with questions so it's a very fruitful experience for me anything i want to know he's showing me on the spot and um using studio equipment for the first few years of like me starting my business was a huge challenge man I was so intimidated by it. A flash, a light. Oh, oh God. The buttons. Metering. The, yeah, all that type of... It for was sure. so intimidating for me. And um, it took a lot of time. But with his help, uh, I really got to a place where I'm like, 
hundred percent comfortable mm-hmm. doing things that I've never done, trying different, like really doing stuff I've never done before. And um, yeah, it's really thanks to him, man. He's a, he's a great guy. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm a street photographer at heart, mm-hmm. but when I get to a studio, I still want to know what I'm doing. So I think those are vital steps. Now, do you feel like um, photography is the only thing you'll ever do? Um, no. And I actually want to talk to you about this mm-hmm. because uh, I'll answer your question first. Uh, I want to get into video. Mm-hmm. I'm just intimidated again. <laughs> like it's a very intimidating process. Um, the thought of, I was just talking to Yannick about this, the thought of putting another 10 years into a craft right. is just so overwhelming to me because it, you know, it's such a challenge. Photography, learning and doing it the way you want to do it is, I've failed so many times. Yeah. I've been crushed so many times. I'm like, do I really want to do that again? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do. But I feel like I just, I'm waiting for a time. Yeah. A time that just lights my soul on fire and then I, I go and do it. Uh, so video for sure at some point in time. Um, and I want to get to a place where I don't have to worry about money and I can explore other art forms. Yeah. You know, like... So I could just be a creative person all the time. Right. That's all I want to do, create. And I, I think this is, if there was ever a time, it's now. It's now. And, and it's hard to, when you're in it, it's hard to see that, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to be like, you can see it online and you see someone else's post come up and you're like, okay, they're living that creative flow state all the time. I got to get there. Right. To do it naturally, be an example, is like, okay, I'm shooting, I have a, a shoot one to two. And then after that, I think I'm just going to record myself walking home. Mm. It's going to be bouncy. Mm. So I know I got to get a tripod <laughs> at some point. Right. Or I got to get one of the motion, you know, like the, the, the gimbals, the little ones, right? Yeah. Um, so then you just say, okay, I'm going to record myself going home. And then when I get home, mm-hmm. I'm going to record audio into my phone and I'm going to sync it up. Artistically, I'm going to write something mm-hmm. and say it into this microphone over this video and create a story. Nice. And I feel like, Anytime I've done those little silly, ridiculous things that no one else is going to see, mm-hmm. I feel like that is like the first step with my actions if it's something I really want to continue doing. Because right. well, video is different, right? Because your eye is dope. Mm-hmm. And we have the, 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 the luxury with photography of taking the photo and go, oh, that was bad. Mm-hmm. Let me just fix that lighting. When you're recording video, you can do that, but it's a, like you got a lot more people on, um, that are relying on you getting it. Yeah, And um, you can do the takes, but... You might you might miss that take, mm-hmm. so there's a lot more. Um, there's not as much uh, leeway I, I feel like as in photography. I've changed my my outlook as to what video is. And okay, explain. I feel like it's like uh, it's another way to storytell, mm-hmm. um, just like podcasting or audio is, and photography. So so it's like. How do you want to use video? Mm. Do you want to use it like everybody's been using it for the last, you know, 100 years, whatever, 80 years? Mm. Do you want to be an overseer? Do you want to be on the outside and get people that went to school for it or Mm. people who are so dope at it? You could be an amazing director. So many photographers are. So you really have to decide how you want video to be a part of your life. I feel like you could, in this new market, you could really, like, fall behind quickly. Right. Because it's just... there's so much and you can't ignore it. Like you can't ignore 4K. Right. I've ignored it up till this point. Uh-huh. 1080, 1080, I'm shooting 1080, 1080. But it's not the standard anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So then in five years, 4K will be 1080. Right. So are you ready for that? Right. Are you excited about right. that? Right. 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 Does it right. get right. you hype? That's a great point. Yeah. So that's my my take on it. Uh-huh. And uh, but you're a curious person, so I would definitely like try and get 
try it all. Yeah. I think in in general, it's it's a healthy way of looking at the future as a creative mm-hmm. because all those can be income that can be generated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might just be a subscription base. Like I believe the future is people will just subscribe to talk um, to everything Taha mm-hmm. or everything Tony, mm. and it would just be like at Tony right. or at Taha and. They have all kinds of content. Yeah, and they'll yeah. just say, "Here's ten bucks a month," but you're worldwide, right? I love that. I and love they'll that. just say, "I just want to be a part of Taha's life," right? And here's your money because we already do it, right? You do it for maybe you do it for Apple Music, Apple Music, yeah. um, Spotify, yeah. uh, Gmail, YouTube, YouTube, Music YouTube now, now yeah. and then or like YouTube Premium in terms of uh, downloading videos that you can't watch on the subway because you're uh, there's no signal. Uh-huh. You could like pay per month for the same access, but you can download. So I feel like everything is going towards a subscription base mm-hmm. if it's not already there already. Right, right. It's just a matter of, as a young entrepreneur, can you make yourself part of that subscription base? Mm. And um, That's amazing. I've never thought about that, but I'm so glad that you... Like, yeah, for sure. Out. No, and like we can talk about that stuff too because um, that's where I want to go. So I'm always projecting the ideas I love it. Um, that I want to bring to life. Because I, I really want to be like in my 50s and my 60s saying, yeah, I'm going to get up and shoot this morning. Right. Or, you know what, I'm not. What I'm going to do is play with my kids or uh, I have that uh, family picnic to go to. And so that week, this week, I am doing nothing. Right. Yet in Japan, someone has said, I think I'll subscribe to Taha. Mm. Here's 10 bucks. Mm. Um, Passive income. Yeah. yeah. But like this ridiculous niche market which is the entire world right. that only cares about me right and then they care about you right and we can both live right from that yeah that's right like asia can have her money coming in and you can have your money and your audiences never have to cross right they might right cool if you guys bring each other into those worlds mm-hmm. but they might never have to cross because there's enough people to support you that's incredible, man. Thank you for saying that. Word. Like that. <laughs> you got to big yourself up for that. Because that's, I feel like you're a futurist in that way. Because like that is the direction we're heading in. Yeah. And uh, I think once you have that in your mind, you can prepare for that, which is super, super important. And, and I, I think I'm going to do that. 100%. Right? And, and all, you're already doing it. But also think about it. The reason I say that is you're already doing it now. Think how silly a question is that would be asked now if you said, um, I really want to get into more political photography and um, get those kinds of jobs or, you know, through clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of like you're saying, I'm asking permission for a gatekeeper to let me in, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. But when you when you are the gatekeeper, like, you're just doing it. When you're the content creator. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's the best part. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's where those questions stop coming. What am I going to do for money this month? Right. Good question. We should always be asking ourselves. In the meantime, mm-hmm. people have already loved that thing I did two years ago at Christmas, mm-hmm. and they're still viewing, and I'm still getting compensated for that mm. while I think of my next dope idea. Mm-hmm. You okay, know. what do you what do you think what do you think about this? Because there, before you mm-hmm. answer, there are companies like Cineplex that yeah. will just eliminate the job, and then that's it. Like the person who worked that job is screwed. Right. But then there's also like the TTC that's. You know, the newer stations that they built on the yellow line uh, at the very north uh, component, they've eliminated the people uh, manning the stations, mm-hmm. but there are also people there just for customer service. There's right. people just to make you feel like 
you're at home or like you're sure. in a community type of thing just to socialize with you. Right, right. So what do you think about that? Like, I think it's going there. Um, I was just listening to a podcast on Sam Harris's podcast about mm-hmm. universal basic income. And that will eliminate, I mean, that will take the burden off of this massive transition, which is eliminating humans mm-hmm. and inserting robots, mm-hmm. which we've been seeing for like so long, mm-hmm. many years. But now it's to the forefront. So those jobs, yeah, it, it's not logical to keep someone working in a booth um, if, uh, if everything is like electronic. Right. So I actually understand the function. Right. But what are you doing for the person that you took that job from? Like exactly. What, do you, what do you, are you retraining them? Right. And if you're not retraining them, um, what are they doing in that limbo time? Mm-hmm. Your limbo time was like, um, I got to work at, uh, you know, Best Buy or whatever right. until I get something. But some people not, might not even get there um, for that limbo time trying to figure out your career. Mm-hmm. Universal basic income would, would replace that idea and say, okay, look it, here's a thousand a month mm-hmm. while you figure it out. So is, it, is that the idea that everyone gets a standard That's rate correct. of pay regardless, regardless of what you're doing with your time? Regardless. How does that how does that work? Like how, because so the, the, so basically it's like, okay, it's already in place. You know, there's a poverty line uh-huh. and this is so that we don't lose everybody under that line. Right. Mm-hmm. But universal basic income, and I'm still learning a lot more about it, mm-hmm. um, is basically saying in between, we don't want anybody to feel like, um, there's nothing going, um, they have nothing and they oh, can yeah. get nothing. Okay. Right. Yeah technology is moving too fast so there's no time to train yeah. right they yeah. close down a mall and then they they just build a best buy I keep saying best buy <laughs> <laughs> or they make one walmart but yeah. then even walmart saying like we don't need 72 checkouts we need 10 right fire those 60 people right right so what, what are you doing with those people that happened immediately mm-hmm. you're not going to retrain them yeah, they, those they people are screwed. they're screwed yeah. so you need to have like this calmness in the transition and uh-huh. and i guess the the counter argument to that is that people get lazy and they're just going to take the check and do nothing. Right. Which is that, very possible. And that already happens, right? right. People, you know, have, welfare, yeah. yeah. And people have jobs and do nothing. Right. Make good money. Right. So they're saying that there's too many jobs with people that make good money that are just taking it for the money and they have no passion. So these are kind of pointless jobs. You work at GM, you don't really love cars, but you're making uh, 90K. Right. And you fake it. Right. For like 10 years because you really want to just get the house and you actually on the side have a YouTube channel about how to fix your house. Right. It's like, you see? Yeah, I get it. But like, isn't the goal ultimately, well, survival comes first. Yeah. No doubt about it. But isn't the goal ultimately to get people to do what they want to do as opposed to putting them in positions where they don't want to be doing what they Exactly. So isn't that what um, this like kind of net would do for you? Uh, The safety net would do for you? I think for some people, yeah, absolutely. But I think for the people who, you know, to figure out what you want to do with your life is takes, a mission takes most of your life. It, yeah, <laughs> it's a mission in and of itself. So yeah. for the people that uh, aren't in the place to figure it out or don't even know what they want to do, you know, how many conversations I have with people who are like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Oh yeah, and they're in All the thirties, forties, yeah, still figuring it out. It's like what? Maybe if there was something that accompanied the income that assisted them with figuring it out what they want to do, I mm-hmm. feel like that's a great idea. Yeah. But I'm also wondering, where is the money coming from? Are you taking the money from the rich people? Mm-hmm. And because we all know rich people love to get richer. And yeah. they find all little cracks and crannies to like keep the money for themselves. Sure. 
How is that? Yeah, I don't you know? have every answer. And I feel like this income for all mm-hmm. is, is basically saying now you might have, and you won't be living in Toronto off that money if you think about no. it. Like you, you can't live off that. But what you could do if you're living in Ontario, you might like find yourself within that mm-hmm. along with these programs. There, I, there has to be a whole list of things. It can't just be like, here's $1,000, yeah. you know, go live on the street, get your drugs, do mm-hmm. your thing. Because that's the most obvious thing that we can always say, yeah, it's not going to work. People are going to get lazy and take the check. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just too easy to say that that's what every person's going to do. Oh, for sure. Do you know what I'm saying? For like, sure. think about it. If you, if you, um, do you want someone in your society that um, is on the brink of like committing suicide every day, but they're making 80 grand? Like, do you want that person around? Absolutely not. Because no. they, they're, they're clearly shouting out that the money is here and I'm still not happy. Right, right. You have to really start to ask yourself, well, if it's not what they want to do, why, why are they t- tied to all these things? Mm-hmm. Maybe we need time to think of what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and when with that downtime, we have this little nest egg, that tiny thing that maybe says, all right, I'm going to start saving this. Mm-hmm. This money that comes, I'm actually just going to put it into uh, a savings account. And in three years, I can actually step away from this job. Exactly. That's the beginning of this. When I listen back to this in like a year, I'll be like, first of all, Ta, shut your face. <laughs> Second of all, pick up some more facts and stats. It's like, I don't know all the answers, but I see it in front of me. Like if you're eliminating jobs, I don't know where that person is. They were at Staples and now there's a, a checkout without a person there. Right. So that person's gone. That right. I know. Right. And no, like Staples is not like, listen, we just eliminated your job. Do you want to go get some training to right. go? They're not. No, that's like peace. Go you fu- did your thing, yeah, yeah. And then so they're, the person that is working at Staples potentially, not for everybody, but might go now to Walmart because that that's their they feel is their skill level, right? And say, well, let me get a job there. And they're like, well, we just fired five people, so nobody is giving them anything, right? But they're for sure um, getting fired, right? And that company is saving money. Yeah, fired and replaced. Exactly. Yeah, yeah with yeah. someone who can work twenty four hours, right? That just needs power, right? Right? right, no breaks. Crazy. You want to hear a crazy stat that I heard on the mm. podcast yesterday? Is like if you're making over thirty four thousand dollars a year, that's the number. You're one percent of the world of the in terms world. of how much income you're making. Exactly, that's insanity. Exactly. So when then now when you say that, right, you just said that. Now think about giving someone twelve thousand dollars for the year. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that a, a threat to anybody? It's giving people all the options, mm-hmm. again, based on zero facts and stats. <laughs> <laughs> Talking what? My, my, my wife is going to be like, can you shut your face? <laughs> <laughs> no, but she has a good point. But at the same time, I, I, I get excited. I, yeah. I, I get excited about these ideas. Yeah, I feel like this is. I like this idea a lot because I feel like this is a good excuse to hang out with someone that yes. you respect and I appreciate. Agree. That I agree. And then you're also creating content at the very same time. Yeah. Yeah. You should do it, man. I think I will. I, I think, think every I will. podcast yeah. I've told my guests, why uh-huh. don't you do it? Uh-huh. No, because I agree. It's it, like nobody's a threat to anybody else. And like your experience is so different. Like mm-hmm. you, you, your childhood, you're just talking about. I'm like, that was not mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm so interested. So I'm already engaged. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it forces you to talk about deep stuff that 100%. you wouldn't really talk about if you're just hanging out all the time. That's right. Like we ha- we've started a good foundation of just like going deep into stuff right away. Yeah, but it's absolutely. not like that with everyone, you know? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I was saying. Like even like your circle might get uh, 
you're elevating your circle, right? Because right. when they come on, they know like, yo, I got to speak my truth. And mm-hmm. also like, yo, I, I, I think I want to do better. I want to do more, mm-hmm. you know, and better and more could be like just balancing your life more or just being more accountable to yourself. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like accumulate more things. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, this is this is the time to do it. If, if, if ever mm-hmm. there was a time. The summer's deceiving, though, right? Like because we're <laughs> in Canada still. Right. So like you get hype mm-hmm. and then like, I don't know, something happens in October, or November. I'm like. Should I be going out today? Right. And that oh, happens and then it happens the other way, right? Like, yo, uh, come by the podcast. Yeah. Come by and record here. Mm-hmm. Then the other person has to say, Do I want to go out? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Based strictly on the weather, which sucks. Yeah. You know what's uh, the oh, ironic man. part is like I look forward to the summer so much. And then when it's here, I don't do nearly as much as I imagine I would do in terms of going <laughs> out and enjoying the summer. <laughs> Like, I was like, let me go to this party this weekend because I actually haven't gone out to an outdoor party yeah, at yeah, all in right. August. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that, that's so crazy, man. That's just crazy that's to me. That's just how it is, man. But I have a question for you. Yes, sir. I want to ask you this question. It was asked to me the other day. It's like, what do you believe your purpose in life is here? Because you're a photographer. And I thought to myself that doing photography is a way of giving back to the world. And mm-hmm. I think it is, but I don't think it gets perceived as a really amazing way to give back to the world. So what do you think your the best way that you can give back to the world, your purpose is? Amazing question. I feel like at the core of what feels good to me is motivating mm. and inspiring. Mm-hmm. But... If anybody came up to me at any point and said, yeah, I don't know, Tom, and lately, I, you know, I got out of that relationship and da-da-da-da, I always felt like I had the solution. Mm. And not the solution like, yo, you just need to get up and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. It was more like I listened, analyzed it, and truly gave tangible steps always in any situation, small or big, That's amazing. to uh, motivate and inspire. Mm-hmm. And I was like... It's not that easy. Why am I able to do that? Mm-hmm. And the core of it, and this is raw, but it's the truth, is because I'm projecting the things that I need to improve on. Jeez. Jeez. That's it, man. Mm, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, man. Cool. You got it in you, man. Yeah. Like, this, <laughs> so guy, sound, no, this guy sounds <laughs> like a, um, a host already. Stop this. No, Stop man. This. You got that voice. Dude, I got chill, yo. It's all good. <laughs> I'm tall. I shoot. Stop this. Cheese. Stop this. <laughs> Cheese. <laughs> I'm joking. Yo, Tony, man, thank you so much for um, stopping by, um, being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, you're so talented. Thank um, you. I'll have all your work in the notes there so they can and definitely uh, check you online. Mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, let's uh, reconnect even like in a year from now and see where we where we land. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, like, let's just see what comes of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot can happen in a year. Oh my gosh, yeah. man! I look forward to it, man. Likewise, man. Likewise. You're you're a dope guy, and um, shout out to you in Asia. Hey, and big uh, up my bay, of course. <laughs> and um, yo, enjoy the rest of your summer. Mm-hmm. Not to timestamp this because I don't know when it'll be out, but you know, all right. At the end of the day, much love, and uh, we'll talk soon, brother. It's all love, bro. All right, Peace. So there you have it, season two. Episode one in the books. We did it. We made it. 
thank you so much, Tony, for coming through and uh, just, you know, having a great conversation. Man, at the end, I felt like you were interviewing me. You just had all these amazing questions and I, I clearly didn't have all the answers, but I loved the challenge of um, people asking me what I'm going through and just getting my opinion on things. I don't mind that at all. So thank you, Tony, for that. Thank you, everybody who tuned in to episode one, season two. Uh, I'm going to try and make this as consistent as possible. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, just some feedback, I would love to hear it from you. You know how to get a hold of me. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. Have a great week. Enjoy your evening or your morning. All right. Peace. <laughs>